Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's show of shows, Marvel has found its Adam Warlock. Gibbs leaves NCIS and Captain Kirk boldly goes where few men and women have gone before. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at pop culture cosmos vampires and vitae <laughs> pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football game source the lakers fast break humanity media or anything that we do here as part of the umbrella known as the pop culture cosmos it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend she is the mastermind, don't tell Rob, behind many of the outstanding tabletop RPG games that we do on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos because we are the number one tabletop streamer on Facebook. It is a good friend indeed. She does a great job with Vampires and Vitae, Warlocks and Whiskey, Wizards and Wine. Wizards and Wine. Blew my mind. She's got so many things there. It is Melinda Barkhouse. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. We got a lot of things to talk about on today's program, but first up, any updates on Vampires and Vitae? Yes, we are. What is the date? What is today? Today's Thursday. So today is a day. Today is a day of the week, but I believe it's Thursday, which means that tomorrow the podcast version of our second episode for Vampires and Vitae will drop across all of your streaming platforms, so you can check that out. And don't forget to catch the live stream coming up on Sunday starting at 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Better check it out. It is Vampires and Vitae. They've had a lot of fun so far, and we will be talking on the back end about a little show that has succeeded in the D&D realm and talking about their success, that's Critical Role. So we'll talk about that on the back end of the show as well. They're getting bigger and bigger. They're getting larger and larger. People are enjoying what they're doing. So we'll talk about what Critical Role is doing so well to get that fan base in there 
coming up on the back end. Plus, also as well, we've got re 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 horror <laughs> movies are back as Halloween Kills and Scream 2022 both showcase some stuff with Halloween Kills coming this week in the theaters and Scream 2022 coming in 2022. So we'll talk about the return of Ghostface and Michael Myers. See if that's something that people are going to check out. That's coming up on the show. The last duel. And the reason why I'm just trying to use this terrible accent is because Ridley Scott's film, The Last Duel, is coming out to theaters as well. Is it going to be received well? Is it going to be thought of in a great context? We'll talk about that. Plus, kind of chide exactly what's going on with the accents going on in that movie. That's coming up on the show as well. Melinda is going to have some thoughts on this weekend's very important DC fandom. Captain Kirk goes into space. We'll talk about that coming up. And we'll talk to aspiring actor Michael Lloyd on what roles he's looking at in Hollywood. But first, Melinda, it is Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, remember him all the way back before... Endgame before Infinity War. There was a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I didn't like it so much. Josh and I were both eh on the movie. But the thing that it did, if you checked it out all the way out to the end credits, was the announcement and the arrival of somebody encased in a gold facility type deal. And that is going to be Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock was finally announced, or I should say Variety leaked it out there, that Will Poulter is going to be playing the role of Adam Warlock from here on out, which is a big win for individuals out there who don't have necessarily the biggest name out there. Will Poulter has done stuff like Black Mirror Bandersnatch, We're the Millers. He's had some good roles so far, but nothing to this magnitude. So I want to hear your thoughts on Will Poulter. It was said that he beat out hundreds of individuals vying for the role as far as young male actors are concerned. So I want to hear your thoughts on Adam Warlock being now played in upcoming future. I would say probably maybe even a teaser for Thor's Love and Thunder, but certainly by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Will Poulter. Yeah, I'm excited. I I enjoyed him in, in We're the, the Millers. And I think that he's the right tone, but I think he's going to bring with him the right tone for what Guardians of the Galaxy are. They're the lovable misfits. And I think that he kind of fits that perfectly. At least he has in the movies that I've seen him in, for example, Where the Millers. He is, <laughs> it was an interesting role. I'm yes, excited that it was. It. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with it. Is it perfect casting? I can't really say because, you know, we haven't seen him in the movie yet, but I have I trust the people that have done the casting for Marvel. I think they've done a really great job so far, so I'm kind of reserving judgment right now until I get a chance to see the movie or any, you know, leaked scene or or anything like that that we get before the movie comes out. I'm curious to see if they'll go ahead and showcase him before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I'm assuming he'll play a decent role in, and then where we're going to go from there. Maybe he'll be part of the Young Avengers. I don't know what the future holds for him. I know he's a very powerful individual. Yes. I, I mean, I guess it's in right, you're talking about Captain Marvel range as far as the power that he has and the right. the capabilities that he can do. So he'll be somebody that is going to probably be with the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, as it now should be called, for quite some time. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. And I mean, what a great break for a guy who has, you know, had those like even secondary and even tertiary roles in movies to this point. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited for the actor. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he's going to do a good job as well. I mean, obviously, when you have such a painstakingly long and thorough vetting process as Marvel has done, Marvel doesn't always get the obvious actor for this. And that's, that's something that, you know, always works out seemingly always works out as far as on the movie end. I mean, I don't think there's any real actors that have played a prominent role that people have a continuous issue with and say, Oh gosh, that guy was so miscast. Maybe it's like a one-off role or a bad guy role that they don't like or whatnot, but I'm actually encouraged by this. I'm hoping that they'll go ahead and, give him a lot of screen time because the Adam Warlock character I'm sure is someone that's new and fresh as far as on the movie end that we would like to see. And I think that's something the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse will need because it gets too samey. Okay, we're going to see Doctor Strange again. We're going to see yeah. you know, Wanda again. We're going to see all these familiar faces, which is great to a point. But then you infuse it with this fresh new blood that's coming in the Eternals that are coming out here in two, three weeks. And then you've got, you know, the Shang-Chi coming in as well, you know, after he killed it in his movie. And you've got these new fresh faces coming in. I think it's going to provide the MCM, as I should try to call it now, big boost going forward. Yeah, I'm really curious to see if he does get a solo film, how he would do in a lead role, because we haven't seen that actor do that. That'd be interesting. Uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see as well. I'm I'm sure he'll play a prominent role coming in the future. Maybe two, three years down the line, he's going to be a big key and a big factor to their success. So we're looking forward to seeing Will Poulter reprise the role now of Adam Warlock. So we want to hear your thoughts out there on Will Poulter playing Adam Warlock. Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Plus also, well, if you've got someone out there that really loves to talk movies, they love to go ahead and listen to the shows about anything going on within the current trends in pop culture, please go ahead and give them a shout out about us, Pop Culture Cosmos. It is sincerely appreciated. But before we head to the break, Melinda, I wanted to ask you this. For NCIS fans out there, there was a tough week for them because after, what, 18 seasons, yeah. I think? 18, which is, okay, I guess this was the start of the 18th season, that the first episodes, one of the first episodes, Mark Harmon, who plays Gibbs, Agent Gibbs, the guy, that show is centered around. Everything yeah. is centered around. Yeah. yeah. The, is there know, an NCIS without Gibbs? That's, what that's the question heard. you're going to have to ask because yeah. Gibbs, Mark Harmon, is going to be leaving. In fact, he did leave as of this past episode. His character is gone. He may come back for a scene here or a scene there or an episode there, but most likely he is gone for the most part. Then I don't think fans really should expect him back in any large order anytime soon. In fact, even popping on the other shows, NCIS LA or NCIS Hawaii, I don't, I don't expect that to happen either. So I want to hear your thoughts. I want to equate this to something that we saw three, four, actually four years ago with Andrew Lincoln leaving The Walking Dead. Yeah. And yeah, it's still alive. Yes, I know AMC uh, jumpstarted and kickstarted and said that the series beyond The Walking Dead that they just announced this week is going to be a go and that there will be a new series that's going to highlight new 
and familiar faces. Is it really going to be a new show? Is it just going to be an extension of The Walking Dead? I think it is, but Tales of the Walking Dead anthology that's going to be coming to AMC. That show, The Walking Dead, started (laughs) its freefall. I mean, there's two things that started its freefall. Negan and how violent and how people were unprepared for it, even though that is his character, that he was just doing his thing according to what the comic books dictated. So, But I don't think people were really ready for it. And then Andrew Lincoln leaving, I think, was the key factor. And just they've just never been able to be the same since. Yeah, it's it's really hard when the character that people have been following since day one is the character to leave the show. When you build something around one person, you're going to run into this eventually, unless, you know, the the series ends before the actor decides that they've had enough of that show and they need to move on to a new project. And 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 that's it. Things going with Mark Harmon here. I mean, Mark Harmon has been such a part of this. Obviously, he can live off the residual money that he gets for all the places that this is now shown in syndication forever. That's never a concern. But the fact is now that you have a show that's kind of a cornerstone for all these other NCISs that, in fact, NCIS Hawaii just got picked up for a full season order. Please, CSI Vegas, come on, do the same thing, CBS, (laughs) come on. But uh, it just got picked up for a full season order along with FBI International. Is there still going to maintain that momentum? I mean, NCIS now has to go ahead and really count on what's going on within the framework of its own show and not depend on anything else NCIS does. Will NCIS survive? That's the key question. Yeah, and that is the question. And they must have something in the works. They must have something planned. Um, even if it is the conclusion of the show, they they have to have something planned. You would think that by now, and after 18 seasons, that they would have had some kind of contingency. Well, longtime character actor Gary Cole, it looks like he might be cornering himself or centering himself for that lead role to play or to step in for sure. you know, where Gibbs is. And I, I have actually been a fan of Gary Cole's for quite some time. We saw him on the Brady Bunch. He's had a number of other great roles. He's a very funny actor normally. So this is a kind of a departure for him. But he just, I don't know if he does the thing for NCAS fans. Because I'm not a big fan of the show. But I respect it as one of the, it replaced CSI as the most watched show on the planet at yes. one time. Yeah. You know, well before Squid Game now is. But you know, it just seems like that it's going to be hard to maintain that momentum to go ahead. And you know, it just seems like that now that NCIS is just going to be filling out the days. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's too bad because, uh, you know, it, it was a show that uh, I did watch for quite a while. I want to say a couple of well, a couple of seasons anyway. And, you know, I was a faithful viewer and then I just got away from it and I never got back to it. And now Gibbs is gone. I can't see me really looking the show back up again. Well, maybe that might be a lie too. Wow, I'm I'm fibbing a lot today on the show, Gerald. I'm sorry for that. Liar! <laughs> Pants on fire. But no, I mean I I might check it out to see what they do with it and and who they center the show on now, as you mentioned. So I don't know. It's a tough blow for NCIS fans for sure. It is. It is because I just don't think they have the strongest supporting cast. I'm- they're usually there for comedy. They're usually there for side stories and things yeah. of that nature. I don't think NCIS has ever had, yeah, sorry, you know, uh, they just have never had the 
really big or just really connecting sub stories. I think that yeah. people just people have just been fascinated by Gibbs, and I think that's a big part of it, or what his decisions will be during the course of the shows, or the things that they discovered as a group together. Yeah, and when it, he decides to break the rules, and then yeah. when he decides to be strict about the rules because it was his always, own rules. Yeah, it was always kind of the thing with him. So I don't know. I don't want to say it'll be interesting again, but I'll but be we'll paying. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But a legendary part of NCIS. And again, it's a show that I don't really catch too much, but I do respect it. And it obviously, by the numbers wise, it spawned off how many series. And it's been on the air for 18 seasons now. And it's killing it in syndication. And then still, it's just a big part of many people's lives this century. And to underestimate its worth and value to American television to television in general is is understating that fact so yeah i guess that's very sad day for ncis fans as mark Harmon has left the show he may return at some point for a spot here and a spot there but i don't think he'll be coming back full-time anytime soon what are your thoughts out there on ncis losing agent gibbs as mark Harmon leaves the show after 18 seasons well it's in its 18th season but you get the drift <laughs> Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Okay, wait. Wait, I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um uh, that's uh, obver, ov, 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 <laughs> Close enough. Ovulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, coming to Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend and the mastermind behind many of our tabletop RPG games. Don't tell Mitch and Roger. It is Melinda Barkhouse. <laughs> Melinda. Bless you for always overselling me. I'd love it. Thank you. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, I got to prop you up. I, you know, if I do it for Josh, I got to do it for you. You know, you know his push what he's doing. I got to make sure everybody checks out the book. Congratulations, you suck, which you can get on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Push, 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 push. I don't know if anybody listens, but I certainly hope so. So you got to prop you up. Got to put you on that pedestal. There you go. Both of you guys. Uh, getting back to the show, though, it is Halloween Kills coming out this weekend to the theaters along with The Last Duel. And I'll start with the horror stuff first. With a return to movie theaters, because the Halloween reboot a couple years ago did very, very well at the box office. Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role, and she's going to do it again. I did make fun of the trailer for Halloween Kills because, okay, if you see a guy with a hockey mask and he's coming out of a flaming building... (laughs) <laughs> and you know you all these firemen are just sitting there looking at him oh 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 and then on the next scenes you just stand there and you see him as he goes ahead and just chainsaws them all to death i'm thinking to myself 
why would you just be standing there with a dude in a hockey mask coming out of a flaming building? Why wouldn't you just run? <laughs> well, why do you also go check out the dark basement by yourself? Come on, Gerald. <laughs> or at least all gang up on him at the same time. You know, don't do one of these video game things where the character comes up against all these other guys, but there's like, they take turns one at a time getting killed off and getting knocked off, you know, because yeah. the AI can't handle grouping him on him at once. So it just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, actually, if you'd really want to go ahead to it. I don't think that people are going to watch those movies for cinematic boldness that's why geico made a commercial making fun of horror movies let's hide behind all these chainsaws yes Yes. absolutely it's scare tactics but it's based on absolute silliness and things that would never really happen in real life but melinda it just so you know if a guy that comes out of a flaming building with a hockey mask jumpsuit overalls whatever he was wearing whatever his famous suit is comes out of a flaming building I think I'm screaming at you to run. Okay. I'm just want to let you know, we're not going to go ahead and face off against it. Maybe if we got to like, you know, just something we can go ahead and really lay on to you. Know, if we got, I don't know, like a machine gun from far away. <laughs> I don't know. Just, that's I, crazy. I need the hedges in my front yard trimmed. I'm just going to see if he, if I can hire him for the job. I mean. Okay. okay. All right. There, there goes Melinda. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I would better, die very better early. Tell, better tell Rob your final goodbyes after that <laughs> one. I'm just going to go up and walk up to Michael and say howdy. There you yeah. go. Yeah. But Halloween Kills is coming out this weekend. Is expected to do around $40 million this weekend domestically here at the box office, which I believe is going to beat The Conjuring 3 as the number one horror movie of the pandemic. I believe right. that's the case. And if it hits those numbers. yeah, And if that's the case would be a big win for i guess the theater industry as far as it's concerned because it says that people are just going to see something other than the big action or big superhero movies one of the things that really people didn't look at on the underneath thing before the pandemic started was in the back in 2019 2018 these horror movies especially lower budget ones that made a ton of money. They would make like killer openings and they would be profitable. They would be on lower budgets as far as production is concerned, but yet they would yield such high returns since the pandemic started for obvious reasons. People are not checking out these Oscar worthy movies. A lot of these Oscar worthy movies are not finding success in the theaters. And then also as well, the horror movies for a lot of these horror movies have not found a home with audiences as well. So this is something that if this type of movie, Halloween Kills, can come out and do those kind of numbers, it can show you that horror movies can still succeed at the box office. Yeah, I, I think that there's always going to be a place in an audience for a horror movie. I, I don't think that that's ever really going to go away. There was horror movies that's come out so far this year that really have not been able to make this. Like some of them come out to less than $10 million openings or just yeah. over $10 million openings really kind of weak for for what's what that was expected of them yeah I, i'm trying to remember how the last paranormal activity movie did and i'm sorry i, I can't on my the rolodex in my brain just isn't flipping fast enough i don't i can't remember how it did but i went to see the first paranormal activity in theaters that was a pretty bold step for me i'm not a horror movie fan and i watched the movie like this <laughs> 
So I was just listening to the audio with my hands over my eyes. That's how I watched the first Paranormal Activity movie. So, I mean, I'm a scaredy cat. I don't like the dark. <laughs> so I, it's probably the only genre of movie that I don't think that I would really try to go back to theaters to watch one. <laughs> I'm just a big chicken. Um, it's just something that, again, I was kind of surprised because it does cater to younger audiences. So I was thinking that yeah. maybe these movies would hit with an audience, but not as of yet, unless you're the conjuring, the devil made me do it because that kind of hit with the theaters. But I don't think it quite hit as well as uh, the studio was hoping. Halloween Kills is supposed to do decent money, so we'll see what happens there. I think it'll be a good sign for horror movies that they can still succeed. It's just kind of hard to figure out what's going on with this box office outside of of people going to see these action movies and superhero movies. They aren't seeing older skewing movies that that are skewing to 50 and older like Prime Macho. They they did not want to go see movies like that as far as that hit that old age group. The Sopranos prequel, they didn't want to go see that movie. They don't want to go see musicals. We've already talked about that already, that they do not want to go see see musicals. And I'm hoping Steven Spielberg's West Side Story will change that. But when it comes to horror movies, it's been really a mixed bag. But I'm kind of interested to see if if this will do that well. And and if it does, that sends a good sign to to the box office and as far as Hollywood going forward. But the other thing I wanted to ask you in regards to the horror movies was the trailer that just dropped for Scream 2022, which is dropping in January. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, the return of Ghostface, because, you know, nothing is original and new in Hollywood. And I know a lot of people that comment on the pop culture cosmos regarding stories I dropped there. It's so funny because they get mad about all the stuff that gets rebooted <laughs> or rehashed. I know the Disney Plus, I know Jeff Dwoskin, comedian Jeff Dwoskin had issues on our site when I dropped the news in regards to the latest Home Alone home sweet yeah. home alone yeah. that's going to be oh. dropping on disney plus yeah I, I know he took issue with that but your thoughts on ghostface coming back with some of the original actors like courtney cox yeah and also david arquette so i want to hear your thoughts on screen 2022 sometimes especially when it comes to these kinds of movies it may be a case of if it's not broke don't fix it i mean horror movies have always been kind of formulaic and there's a lot of nostalgia i think that gets attached to horror movies and things like that so i'm I'm not really surprised to see them bring the scream movies back i mean they've been parodied they've been looked back upon fondly as you know being a teenager and maybe sneaking into the movie theater not that i condone that just want to put that out there (laughs) but it is one of those things that you do when when you're a teenager maybe you're not 18 you're going to sneak into the movie you're going to say you know pay for your shrek ticket and go to scream instead it happens um but yeah i think that especially when you get these franchises like the mike myers movies and scream i think that there's always going to be an audience for them whether or not it's it's a reboot or the same movie over and over and over and over again people complain about the multiverse being formulaic so, you know, horror movies, much the same kind of thing. That's true. So we'll see what happens there as Ghostface comes back to the screen and Scream 2022. I, I like the fact that they are including David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and some of the original characters from the original set of movies. Plus, obviously, you're going to go ahead and try to expand upon it with new characters, including a new heroine that will be right in the middle of things that they're going to focus on 
but yes, the, I did like the uh, trailer giving a nod to the Drew Barrymore start of things with the uh, texting oh and the phones. Do you yeah. want to play a game? Oh my God. I, you know what? Honestly, this is how bad I was. Well, how bad I am with horror movies. I got through the Drew Barrymore scene and I never went back to watch another Scream movie. <laughs> I was like, nope, it's too much. <laughs> nope, not doing that. <laughs> I didn't like all the twists and turns of who finally did it and who finally was the ghost face or ghost faces, as they say. I I didn't like all the twists and turns of it. I think it just, it did too much for me, but you know what? It's found an audience and it found an audience then, and it's probably going to be finding an audience now when it comes out in January 2022. So we'll see what happens there. But before we head on out, there's another movie coming to theaters this weekend that I want to touch upon, and that is Ridley Scott's. The Last Duel, which takes place in France. And I will repeat that. (laughs) In France. It's been reviewed pretty good. I know that uh, people are looking forward to seeing it. To what extent? We don't know. Because the older audience has been staying away from the box office and the theaters for, you know, obviously this entire pandemic. It's something that is not new. But Ridley Scott comes out with The Last Duel with so many name actors a part of this. Obviously, you have Ben Affleck, you have Matt Damon, Adam Driver's in this. You're seeing all these name actors in there. But the thing is, again, it takes place in France. And there is no French accents to be found from what I've heard so far. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. If they're British, you know, I've seen that gotten away before as far as British playing French. But to have these American actors with British accents playing people from France in the past, it's crazy. It's just absolutely crazy, even for Ridley Scott. Yeah, it it, it is a little bit of an issue. But at the same time, bad French accents are so much worse than bad yeah, British Yeah, I give you that. Accents. You're right. You're right. And a French accent is very hard to do not that british accents are easy but you know you can kind of like ride the line between a few different types of british accents and and land on something that is at least acceptable you can't really do that with french accents it's either there or it's not and a bad french accent will just make the movie hokey and super cheesy and all of those kinds of things it it would bring in you know i think probably a much bigger issue than having a American actor with a British accent in a French film. If you say so, Melinda, <laughs> if you say so. That's what I think. But I mean, this is, like, it couldn't be more in my wheelhouse. Suits of armor, swords, castles, intrigue. Did they or didn't they? I mean, I play D&D, of course. <laughs> Should almost be a part of one of our episodes. There you go. We'll call it The Last Duel. Yeah. I we'll like do a it. One shot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It'll All have right. to be a one shot if it is the last duel. And everyone must have a terrible British trying to be French accent. Oh my gosh. That'll <laughs> destroy the internet for sure. <laughs> but we'll do it. We should do it. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts out there on The Last Duel? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, we've got some good things to talk about, including Captain Kirk beaming into space. We're going to talk critical role hear melinda's predictions for dc fandom and we'll talk to budding actor michael lloyd that's coming up as we close out the show this is the pcc multiverse you've heard others but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the jock and nerd podcast 
here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was J- as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd! Thanks so much for hanging out with us again right here at the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Wanted to go ahead and get this guy on because I got the good word from our good friend, Mr. Steve Joyner, friend of the show that sends us all these great people that this guy right here is the future for the acting industry. And I'll tell you what, I see a lot of great signs right there. But if you want to go ahead and check out his IMDP page or what he's going to tell you where to follow him on social media or wherever he's at. You want to go ahead and check out this budding actor as far as what he's looking forward to doing. And that is Michael Lloyd and Michael. Great to have you on the program today. Hi, Gerald. Thanks for having me. Uh, No problem, man. Great to have you here. I want to ask you first off, one of the news items that I covered this week was the announcement by Marvel or actually it wasn't an announcement by Marvel. It's actually Variety getting the scoop in there. And that's something if you really get far in the business, you're going to have to deal with that Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, or Variety. One of those three is going to find out stuff. You know, you'll sign an agreement with the whatever company or whatnot or whatever project. Next thing you know, five minutes later, ooh, it's already trending on Variety. But mm-hmm. Variety this time got the exclusive that Marvel has found its Adam Warlock for when they come yeah. back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or maybe even as possibly as early a sign that we'll see him in some of the post credit scenes for Thor, Love and Thunder whatnot. And that is for Adam Warlock. And that is for Will Poulter, who is a brilliant young actor who green tested alongside several other notable young actors. And this, to me, gives a sign to independent young actors out there like yourself that are looking to make it in the business when you see a guy that doesn't have the marquee name up front, because not many people could go ahead and you tell you, oh, Will Poulter, that's the guy from Bandersnatch, or that's the guy from Meet the Millers. They don't know Will Poulter off the top of their head. They might have seen him, but mm-hmm. they can't recognize him mm-hmm. as far as his name is concerned. But in five, ten years, he will become a household name because of the Marvel Association. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, as you get into this business, as you get into that type of lifestyle, you having to work screen test, going here for auditions, things of that nature, that, you know what, you can be picked out of a crowd and you can succeed at this business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's really amazing to see Will Poulter obtain that kind of role. Being welcomed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a trademark at this point in Hollywood where it's almost like an exclusive crew of people where only the, the best of the best basically get to be in a Marvel movie. And Will Poulter has definitely shown his worth through his work. I mean, I loved him and where the Millers and that obviously had a huge impact for him because he got to work along 
side with Jennifer Aniston and um, Jason Sudeikis, Mr. Jason Ted Sudeikis. Lasso himself. Yes. yes. And he has, and you know, Jason Sudeikis got his start, you know, on SNL. So those types of things, it's just really amazing. One of the amazing magical things about Hollywood is that there's these certain films and projects that you can get onto that are just like, once that opens up for you, everything else does. And now we can bet that William Poulter is going to be put in a lot more films, especially in this type of serious role as Adam Warlock. What type of roles are you specifically looking for to start with? Well, I don't really think about that too much because the way the industry works, it's kind of like the projects have to come to me. It really just depends on what's filming in the area. So, you know, living in New Orleans, there's definitely a lot of filming going on, but sometimes there will be periods of time where the only projects that are happening are like period pieces or something where there's not really a whole lot of call for my look, if you will. So I really can't be picky about it. So I don't really think about that too much. I mean, if I did have to pick though, I would like to be involved in like some type of comedy. I mean, I've always enjoyed, you know, the stupid comedies, Seth Rogen and James Franco and, you know, that whole crew. They have a history together. That crew, I don't know why, but they always tickle my funny bone. And it's just like the stupid laugh that you need every now and again. And I like that. I like those kinds of memories that they create for me because those are good times for me and it's enjoyable. And I, I would want to be able to entertain people. And I think I, I, I would like to make people laugh. You know, I think I'm funny, but not maybe not everybody does, but I think I'm funny. So I, uh, you know, and I would like to, you know, try and make people laugh and kind of create those types of memories. So, you know, sitcoms, I'm totally down for. But, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not really, you know, trying to be picky or anything like that. I'm at a place where I'm trying to get whatever work I can find at this point. Once again, I'm speaking to Michael Lloyd. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing on IMDb. But also, do you have any other social media that you want people to follow you on? Or are you trying to avoid that social media thing altogether? <laughs> um, I, I really wish that I could avoid the social media thing altogether. But unfortunately, we live in an industry or I work in an industry that thrives off social media. As much as I, you know, dislike it, don't particularly care for it. And sometimes affects my mental health. I, I do have a few. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook. My full name, Michael Lloyd. Uh, you can find my actor page on Facebook. Filmmaker Michael Lloyd is the handle to find my actor page where I'll be updating everything that's coming up. Right now, I actually currently booked a uh, stand-in position on a Disney production, I believe, called Ultraviolet. I, I believe it is a working title. So it won't, won't give me any camera time because it is just a stand-in position for anyone that doesn't know what a stand-in is. Uh, you just kind of do kind of like a rehearsal for the camera and lights and everything like that and stand in place where the principal actors would be for that scene. And so that they can get a layout for everything while the actor is preparing, you know, getting dressed, doing makeup, preparing his lines or, or whatever. And then you swap out, they shoot the scene move on to the next one and just do it all over again. 
So this position will help put me in a place where I will get some actual face time with, you know, directors, producers, and even the principal actors and allow me to make great connections. And I think it'll be a, a good doorway or gateway into some bigger things for me. Well, I'm definitely wishing you all the best with that, but please follow him today. Keep up to date with what's going on. Like he said, he's available on Facebook. His social media is out there. And again, IMDB as well. But Michael, it's been great having you on the show. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, just if anybody out there is thinking about pursuing this, please be realistic, but also do what you can and take whatever work you can and you know keep pushing because at the end of the day, I believe that it's worth it if if you love doing what you do. Well, there you go, indeed. Couldn't agree with you more myself there. So once again, it is Michael Lloyd. Please go ahead and support him today. If you see a project with him on it, please go ahead and check it out as best you can. Go ahead and support him any way you can. Please give him the encouragement that he needs because you know what? I, I, I sense great things heading your way, my friend. I really do. I really do. Not I that I really, I, I just see it. I just get the vibes as my daughter would say, my 16 year old daughter, <laughs> the vibes. It's all about the vibes. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mike. I'll tell you what, you're welcome back anytime. I'm looking forward to bringing you back on. Looking forward to great success for you and cannot thank you enough for stopping by the pop culture cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the shows, the PCC Multiverse. Melinda Barkhouse, DC Fandom is coming up this weekend. I want to hear your thoughts on DC Fandom because it's obviously going to be something that's very important to DC's future going forward. I've heard hints that they're going to showcase the Batman and show off a new trailer for that. Talked about Black Adam. They've talked about so many other things in regards to DC Fandom. Aquaman 2. Talked about taking care, you know, dealing with some stuff there uh, because that's in the middle of production. So I want to hear your thoughts on your predictions for DC Fandom. Yeah, you can't say DC and not have something Batman. You can't. You, you absolutely can't. And if you if you do, then DC, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am excited to hear about what's going on with Aquaman 2. I'm very interested in some of the things that they are trying to work through there. And uh, no, I'm I'm excited for it. And I will probably be paying a lot of attention to my phone and all of my Google alerts that I have set up. I'm excited to hopefully finally get to see at least a teaser trailer or something that is officially released with the Batman movie. You know, I, I really hope that we get to see that. I 
am very interested in in what's going on with Black Adam. I'm excited to see The Rock as a superhero. I mean, the man basically is a superhero at, at this point. There's really not much he can't do. So yeah, those are just a couple of the things that I'm looking forward to catching about it. I'm hoping to see a little bit more on the series. What's coming up for some of the things that they have planned for HBO Max because mm. the big budget movies they seem to have a handle on even though they don't have an intertwining storyline anymore which right. is kind of disappointing because as I've said at nauseum on the show in the past that there should be a Justice League against the Hall of Villains I would love that it reminds me so much of my days as, as a youngster watching the uh, Justice League on TV and as in the cartoons and you see the Hall of Villains versus the Justice League just battle off. That would be just something cataclysmic and I think would be well worth it. But they had something that was leading in that direction and just failed to go through with it. So kind of disappointed that. So we turn to obviously seeing more footage, hopefully from Aquaman too. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what's going on with that because that was a billion dollar generator. So I know a lot of people are interested to see what happens with that for Jason Momoa. The Batman, of course, that's going to be a key to what's going on for their future and all the 15 different Batman timelines they've got. Flashpoint, hopefully we can see some footage from that or find out more about that and how that's going to go ahead and, I guess, set the timeline straight going forward for the DC Universe, even though that's a pretty tall task for something that's been so messed up in so many ways. So Yeah, truly. Yeah, yeah, good luck on that one. But Yeah. yeah, I would like to see some of that, plus Black Adam. I mean, obviously anything that The Rock does, we're, we're very eager to see. So I'm hopeful that they can go ahead and provide some really good content there and really showcase a lot of good things that are happening there. But when it comes to DC fandom, I mean, are you excited as, as uh, when it comes to a DC fandom as much as you would say a Marvel showcase event? Well, I've always preferred the Batman. I I don't I can't really speak a whole <laughs> lot. I know. I just I love the Batman. I love a, a dark, tortured hero. Love that. But is there a whole lot more to the DC universe that? really kind of catches my attention i don't know i mean obviously wonder woman although the last movie was like i don't know about that but am i excited for jason momoa on the big screen or am i excited for aquaman i haven't quite decided that it's a hard Gee, decision. i wonder where your loyalties lie i know it's tough it's hard i don't i don't know how dc is going to step it up in order to be able to like really truly compete with what Marvel has been able to achieve because it's been incredible, the success that they've had. And I feel like DC is floundering perhaps for a bit more of their identity. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I will be very interested to see what DC has to present. And my fingers are crossed. I hope that it's great for a lot of reasons. I hope it's great for DC. I hope it's great for the, people around DC who are working on all of these different projects. I hope that it all comes out great. I hope that everybody is excited about it. And I really hope that something that's going to just knock our socks off comes out of this thing. But it is DC fandom that's coming this weekend. We will give you a free cap. Josh and I will on the Monday program. So we'll talk about the best of the best that happened at DC fandom. They've really got a lineup of stars that are going to be present. The list is just too long to name for here right now, but they will have so many individuals that are emanating from this DC universe that will be part of DC fandom. So hopefully you'll get a chance to catch it. 
We will provide links to it on the Facebook page for Pop Culture Cosmos. So please give a shout out there. If you can, want to check it out, it'll be right there for you, at least the starting point anyways. So we'll go ahead and make sure that's there for you. Plus, this weekend, you're going to go ahead and check out some great tabletop RPG action games there right at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But what are you looking for at DC Fandom? We want to hear your thoughts on what you're looking forward to seeing and what you really enjoyed seeing at DC's Fandom. Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, two quick things to note, and that is as an expert in the realm of tabletop RPG podcasting <laughs> as you are. I wanted to ask you this. I'm going to start tempering this. I'm far from an expert. I just happen you to You are play. an expert. <laughs> you are our preeminent expert on tabletop RPG podcasting. I just now commissioned you that. I've, I've given you that title. <laughs> yes. And I know Rob is somewhere in the background probably going, ugh. He probably maybe <laughs> went and upchucked in the toilet there. Blah. Yeah, right, right, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you what, as someone who's very knowledgeable on producing so many tabletop RPG podcasts that you do with all the great ones that you do for us and all the great ones that you do for, for yourself and that you produce out there, even we look up to something such as Critical Role and the success that they had because Critical yeah. Role, it started out similar to what we were doing way mm -hmm. back when but it found its following people just seem to enjoy it the fact that it's caught on with not only hardcore DD fans but it's caught on with a general audience yeah. i think is you know that, that's that's to me anything like in pop culture yeah it's great if it catches on with a hardcore, but you will not find success true success until you reach a general audience and critical role is now at that point where it's being followed by millions of people out there and it's found its its niche with a general audience and Hollywood has noticed this and obviously that's been a great part of this Dungeons and Dragons revival that's happened I think in the past five years mm -hmm. that I mean it was there it was always there and it was pretty good people enjoyed it but it's really found success in the past five years and I think critical role before we head into what they're doing has been a major part of. Yeah, it, it it really has. And, you know, it comes with both positives and negatives because people who haven't played D&D before but have watched Critical Role expect now to sit down at a table and have the DM be as good as Matt Mercer. They're, they've called it the Matt Mercer effect. And, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on DMs now to figure out how to even try to begin to be able to run a table the way that Matt Mercer runs a table. But what people forget is that the DM is only as good and can only do as much as the players around the table are capable of doing. So it's a two-way street there. And I think that sometimes people forget that. And I think that calling it the Matt Mercer effect and saying that it's having a negative spin at all on D&D &D is incredibly unfair. He's a man who has a genuine passion and love for Dungeons and Dragons. You can see that when he runs his games. You can see it in any time you catch him in an interview or anything like that. And I think that he gets a lot of flack these days. And I think a lot of it is intensely unfair. When it comes to the players around the table, I mean, first and foremost, they 
come across to me as a group of friends who just love to be around each other and love to let loose and be huge goofballs around a table. And it's that joy, I think, that people who aren't true D&D fans are coming back to the show for over and over and over again. That's what I think is the secret sauce. Well, whatever that secret sauce is, it's working and it's working well for Critical Role to the point that Amazon and Wizards of the Coast have decided to jump on to the yes. Critical Role train because Amazon gave you a first look at the new animated series that's yes. coming up in correlation with Critical Role. And it's going to feature the characters, feature the actors. That's going to be the legend of Vox Machina. They yes. showcased it at the past week's New York Comic Con, and yeah. there's going to be part of Amazon Prime Video. So that's a very big coup for Amazon Prime and getting that animated feature coming to their audience. So a lot of people are going to be heading over to Amazon Prime to check that out, especially a lot of the individuals who follow Critical Role. And on top of that, shortly thereafter, Wizards of the Coast announced that Dungeons & Dragons Critical Role Call of the Netherdeep yes. is going to be an action-adventure module mm -hmm. that's going to be our campaign that's going to be that Wizards of the Coast is actually going to produce. It's an official Critical Role-approved and character-incorporated adventure. I mean, right now, that's just an amazing thing for everybody out there that follows Critical Role. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be noted as well that the cartoon series that's coming out was crowdfunded in a record amount of time and made a record amount of money. So the critters out there are certainly passionate about the show. There's absolutely no question about that. And when everybody found out that it was picked up by Amazon, it actually caused a little bit of a ruckus because Amazon Prime, you need to pay for that. But I was somebody who was a backer when you guys were running the Kickstarter. And now I don't understand how I'm going to have to. It's called double pay. dipping. Yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to have to pay for Amazon Prime when I already have backed it and therefore should already have access to watching the show. And I believe that Amazon and the people at Critical Role have managed to uh, kind of work that out and make it work. So if you did back the cartoon with the Kickstarter, there's going to be something that happens with Amazon Prime that you're going to be able to at least watch that show, if not have free access to Amazon Prime for three months or something like that. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. So don't at me on it. But I, I know that they did work something out for people who were part of the Kickstarter. Amazon Prime and its 200 million subscribers. Hmm, that's very tempting. So, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and go with that. So, yeah. all apologies to the crowdfunding. They better go ahead and make sure that they accommodate all those individuals like yourself that put money into it already. So, if they find yeah. a fair medium on that. But you can't blame Critical Role because instead of just throwing it on their, their site and getting, what, 2 million, 3 million hits maybe on that, this is a chance to get tens of millions of viewers with uh, the move to Amazon Prime. And that can only mean good things for those who follow Critical Role for more Critical Role projects such as this. Oh, absolutely. And I think at this point, the sky is the limit for what Critical Role is going to be able to do and the content that they're going to be able to produce. And with this wonderful partnership between Mercer and Wizards of the Coast and some of the other writers and content creators that Matt has brought on board for the new Wizards of the Coast book, the module that's coming, I think that the sky is the limit from here the for sky. both Dungeons of Dragons and for Critical Role. 
The sky is the limit indeed. But we want to hear your thoughts on the future for Critical Role and all of the successes and all the things that they're doing, including The Legend of Vox Machina, the animated series coming up to Amazon Prime, plus also the new module, the new adventure that they're working on with Wizards of the Coast entitled Call of the Netherdeep. Are you really into Critical Role and happy for success? Are you going to follow them in dearly? Or are you following other tabletop RPG campaigns, including what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos? And hope for our success in that realm as well. <laughs> Let yes. us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, Melinda. I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. But before we head on out, I do want to say I got emotional this week as a Star Trek fan. I was very happy that William Shatner, Captain Kirk, actually did go off into space. Uh, I did, did. Was very. Ha- I was very happy for the entire crew that they came back safely, but for him especially, and to see his look. If anybody catches the video of actually him while he's out in space, and him just looking out and and just you see the look on his face. You see him. You don't hear him, but you see him paraphrasing. Wow. You see him mouth the word wow just yeah. to see how devastatingly beautiful and as he's put it scary all at the same time as far as the darkness of space and the whole thing of being out in space was just so overwhelming to him it, at the age of 90 he's the oldest astronaut ever by i think at least almost seven years plus so i want to hear your thoughts on captain kirk finally going into space good for him Honestly, good for him. I'm glad that it is something that he was able to do. I hope that it was something that was on his bucket list. And I hope he put like seven check marks beside it because, you know. People say a lot about Jeff Bezos and Amazon, but, you know, he did invite him on there. And I think that was a very good move. Yeah. PR-wise and also, you know, you know, gets the feels. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, we we've had Star Trek cast members have their remains sent into space, but to have the captain that we all enjoy in one capacity or another, whether it's through parody or if you are a true fan of the original series, to be able to follow that journey for him and to hear him talk about what his experience was like when he touched back down on Earth. It's really something that I think, not just Star Trek fans, but I I think that just the people living on Earth should really look at and listen to and really hear what he's saying about, you know, how small it makes you feel as a human being when you're up looking at this huge planet and then you just see this vastness of space. Incredible stuff. I'm so happy for him. I'm thrilled, honestly. I know he probably didn't, but I'm hoping that he'll actually come out and say that he did take a little bit of something from Leonard Nimoy along with him. Yeah, I hope so as well. Absolutely. Yeah, even if it's a little piece of memorabilia that he had in a pocket. Yeah anything yeah that would be truly truly something but you know what knowing shatner we would never know that he did that yeah absolutely yeah until the next autobiography comes out (laughs) there you go (laughs) but but it is captain kirk he did go into space with blue origin courtesy of jeff bezos and he did get to experience weightlessness and got a chance to see the earth as very few individuals in fact less than 600 is actually 599 astronauts that have been able to go out in space and he is now the oldest among them your thoughts on captain kirk beaming into space share us your thoughts by culture cosmos at yahoo.com i say congratulations bill and congratulations captain kirk but melinda it's been a great episode i cannot thank you enough for joining me as always once again for the monday show i do want to mention we are doing a recap of dc fandom 
We're also talking about Back for Blood. Is it finally the Left for Dead remake I've been looking for? Been kind of on the fence on it. <laughs> Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about the impending strike that could damage Hollywood mm. severely. So that's something of a major issue we'll be talking about on the Monday show. But any last thoughts, Melinda, on the way? Um, Jeff Bezos, I'm available to go to space. As am I. As am I. <laughs> so from Melinda Barkhouse, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great here with another reminder that the ESO network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So, Brittany, Martha... (laughs) Tell me about your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like we're in sync, but also kind of a disaster. We are always a disaster. So our podcast is fun if you want to hear two people talk about and complain about stuff that <laughs> a they lot of love and also hate. And drink. And drink. And the show is Same. called? Oh. <laughs> but, but first, let's, let's talk nerdy. And you can find us on the ESO Network. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.